Welcome back to the Thrill of Victory podcast. My name is Seth Yates, and joining me as always is the legendary Will Fane. And today we have a special guest, one of the co-hosts of Crane and Company. We have Jake Crane. What's up, guys? Appreciate y'all having me on. Hey, it's always a blast talking sports with some guys that really are passionate about it. Oh, with, without a doubt. I don't know what people do that don't watch sports. Like, we were, we were talking about the other day. It's like, what What do you do? Like, like how do you – I don't know. Like, what, your yard must be, like, really nice or something. I, I don't know. I don't know what that's like. like. Like, what do you do on a Saturday or a Sunday? Dude, it's like, what I is mean, – I mean, what if it's like, what, old school? Like, go to Home Depot, Bed Bath Beyond, if, if we have time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Maybe a little shoe shopping in Target, you know, yeah. walk down the aisles, all that all stuff. Right, I'll do one. So, Jake, you kind of have a, an interesting little path here. You were a collegiate baseball player, and then you were a college football coach, and now you are currently a full-time podcaster. Talk talk a little bit about that and that journey and kind of how, you know, each one of those progressed for you. Well, it's wild. I always tell people, man, I, I think I'm in a coma. Uh, I'm just waiting to wake up out of it and see what semi-truck hit me and, you know, when I fell asleep on the road during a recruiting visit. But, no, yeah, I played college baseball in South Alabama. I had chances to play football at, at other places um, and decided I wanted to go the baseball route. Uh, my father thought that was a good idea, too. Uh, but, no, he, um, you know, I, I grew up, he played at Auburn. We, you know, we played football, and, I mean, we were, you know, sports family growing up. And uh, after I got done playing, I knew I wanted to get into coaching and, uh, again, when you grow up with a guy that played in the NFL, I mean, we, you know, sat down and he was drawing up power when I was 12 years old. I mean, I was out there and knew more than the rec league coaches. Um, something I knew I always wanted to do. I was passionate about it. I knew I wanted to do something in sports and ended up going nine years. Um, did, uh, four and a half, really six at the division one level, uh, was a GA in South Alabama, ended up going back there, coordinating special teams and decided I wanted to be a, you know, defensive coordinator and, and took a shot at a couple of places in junior college for a couple of years. And when the pandemic hit, uh, they sent everybody home and I just bought a $50 mic, was trying to waste time and it just blew up. Uh, I didn't have some master plan when it came down to, to doing this. And I got to the point where I could not do it. Um, we were getting, I, well, you know, I was doing solo at the time. Uh, it's getting to the point where, uh, it just made financial sense to do it. I was getting reached out to by a bunch of advertisers and sponsors. I thought I'd give it a shot. You know, I'm young enough. Uh, I can get back in it if I have to. And uh, it just blew up, man. Um, got reached out to by Colin Cowherd, did a six month deal with them. Uh, then when we were, when we were renegotiating, Ben Shapiro DM me on Twitter. So we started talking to them and you know, it's like recruiting, ended up committing to them and uh, came up here to Nashville and doing the sports show for the Daily Wire, man. It's been fantastic. Uh, love doing it. Uh, we go live 7.30 to 9 Eastern. It's me, my brother who played and coached, and then David Cohn, uh, former Michigan quarterback and uh, Heisman candidate. It kind of sounds like you're kind of almost the same as us. I mean, we were just kind of, you know, during the pandemic and really, you know, why why not? Like, why, why couldn't we do this? It's a fun thing. We both really love sports, whether that be basketball, football, baseball, and it's just something, like, fun to talk about. Yeah, well, I always tell I always tell people because you know I, I think where um, where we've kind of found a niche is is you know you mix obviously entertainment and and being somewhat articulate and and being able to you know form opinions that that aren't just shock jockey that are actually yours. But I always say if I was a chef for nine years, I'd probably have a pretty good chef podcast. So uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was it was something that I just 
got on the mic and started doing. Like I said, there wasn't some master plan. It just kind of, you know, like most good things, it just happens organically, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, I, What kind of, like, advice would you have to the people, you know, kind of like us and then other people are just kind of now starting out and doing this for, you know, for fun or even for a living later on? You know, it's a tough question to answer because – I didn't, I didn't have like a play I was running. I, I didn't have like, all right, I didn't make a list of, I need to do this. I need to be like this. Like when you watch our show, that, that's me. Like they just, that's me, Blaine and Cone around each other. They just happened to record an hour and a half of it. So like, I would say the biggest thing, and it's cliche, but it's true. It's like, you really got to be yourself because people can tell when somebody's not genuine. You know, you, you don't have to have an IQ of 180 to realize when somebody's maybe not really being themselves. Uh, and I think that that's the best advice I can give because people are, people are either going to like how it's going, they're not like going to like how it's going, or you just need more exposure. But you have to be yourself because you can't trick everybody forever. Like that's that's not the play. There was no, you know, I'm going to say this, you're going to say that. Oh, that's going to be so clicky. They're going to love that. No, it's that's me. When you turn on Crank and Cover, you're going to see me, you're going to see Blaine, you're going to see Cone. And that's really us. So I think that's, really kind of the formula man i think the formula is that it's not one formula right and you know it, it is friday so it and your brother flaming dragon on friday yeah. But, yeah we're not the show i hit the under today i only call him <laughs> uh he said three times but you can go back and watch the tape that's that's bs uh yeah we have flaming dragon friday uh where blaine becomes flaming dragon um however you want to interpret that uh <laughs> so yeah i have to call him flaming dragon on fridays um, we do that. We do this head to head segment sometimes where one of us dresses up like an old English judge and he has like the judge wearing like the white wig and you have to call the judge whatever he wants to be called. So like, of course, when Blaine was the judge, he was like judge handsome and wealthy. Like it's just, <laughs> like it's just it's a good time, man. Like we talk about the nuts and bolts. Like, you know, we're going to, like we were talking about circus route with Joe Burrow and, and him looking off of him and going to check that a bunch last night. Or, you know, we can talk about the leverage of a corner and cover two and how to funnel the guy inside and show the leverage late. But we just blend that with, you know, us being us and, and you know, cracking jokes. And uh, it's it's just fun. I can't believe they pay us to do it. So let's pivot here a little bit. Let's talk about something that's very near and dear uh, to Will and I, as both of us are former students at Texas A&M University. And Ooh. it feels like all summer we heard about this incredible recruiting class, number one, according to 247, so many highly touted freshmen coming into the team. How long do you think until we're going to see these the effects of such a good recruiting class? And then, you know, what what do you just kind of think of this season so far? I mean, obviously that Appalachian State loss was really tough, but I feel like they've kind of bounced back a little bit. They found their groove a little bit better against Miami and then again against Arkansas. Well, look, I'm glad they finally put Max Johnson at quarterback. I've only been saying it since February, and everybody in, in College Station was ready to come to my house with pitchforks and torches like uh, some crazy person. Not that Max Johnson's going to win the Heisman, but he's not going to panic like Jody Foster uh, in the in the pocket when pressure's coming at him and pump fake wide-open guys and throw it eight feet behind him. He's not going to fumble the ball every time he runs it or make terrible decisions. He's going to give you a chance to win the game. And all he's done is come in and beat two ranked teams. You say what you want about Miami, you say what you want about Arkansas. It's two dubs. It'll go down the schedule as two dubs. But, look, it's going to take, even though they're five-star freshmen, you guys know this, it takes a little bit of time. Like, if you're having to rely, if your play is to rely on all freshmen, you know, ask Duke how that's, you know, going for How many national championships Duke won doing the one-and-done stuff? How about Kentucky? It's so hard to do. 
You win games with experience. That's what you, by the time you get to the pros, everybody's experienced. They may not be experienced in the pros, but you got there for a reason. It's not like they just plucked you out of elementary school. So it takes some time. You got to give it time. What, what I said is I had A&M going four and four in the SEC this year. That looks about right to me right now. You have to stack those classes on classes. I get it's year five with Jimbo, okay? He hadn't been there two years. I understand that. But they're just now really starting to cook like this. There's a big difference. I don't think people realize the difference in signing a top 10 class and then the number one class. That There's a big gap there when it comes down to it. But what A&M's done the best job at in recruiting, in my opinion, is the quickest way to bridge the gap between Georgia and Bama. That's up front. You catch those guys by getting the guys up front. You don't catch them by getting running backs and wide receivers. If it was, there's a whole hell of a lot more running backs and wide receivers out there that can play than there are guys that can play offensive tackle and block some of these defensive ends. Guys that can play center and snap, step, back block, pin and pull, and do things like that. There's a lot more skill players out there than there are the real skill players, which is the offensive line and the defensive line, in my opinion, if you ask me. So, said before the year, AM fans, it's going to be a year that looks a lot like a lot of the years y'all have had. But 2023 is the time, man. And people be like, oh, that's all we hear is wait one more year. Well, a couple things. First time I've said it, and you've waited since 1939, so I don't think one more year is going to kill you. So 2023, when all the O-line basically comes back, when all the front seven basically comes back, when Max Johnson has a season under his belt in this system, you know he's competent at quarterback, you get a couple vertical threats that you've had that you've recruited that are kind of waiting in the wings that can actually go do it, that's when a and going to have a chance. And guess what? And then we'll have good enough players to not only make the playoff, but win games in the playoff, which is the goal, which is something Oklahoma couldn't do, Notre Dame couldn't do, Washington couldn't do, Oregon couldn't do. Clemson could, Ohio State could, not many teams could. Georgia obviously can now, but it's it's a full-throated thing. So I think all the people that jump off the cliff for A&M start to freak out and they listen to the 8-4 and four stuff, we're never actually going to win it. It's going to be so much sweeter in 2023 when you look out there and you guys look like them. You, you look like Georgia. You got a bunch of aliens walking around there. You can talk about scheme. Talent overtakes scheme. It always does. There's been bad play callers that look like savants because they had great players. That look like the dumbest guys in the room because they didn't have good enough players. Scheme, if it was all about the scheme, then everybody that always won would run the same scheme. Everybody would run the same stuff. You know where they run a lot of the same stuff? In the NFL. Why? Because the talent gap is a lot smaller between the players on the best team and the players on the worst team. Scheme matters a whole hell of a lot more in the NFL. And guess what? They basically all run the same stuff. Like when, That's why whenever you get like a Sean McVay, are Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy? You're seeing alternate formations, and you're seeing guys doing crazy motions. And interesting plays. You're like, "Wow, that looks like college," because that's where it goes down more. You don't see teams in the NFL running up tempo for four quarters like Tennessee. You don't see teams in the NFL running the triple option, even though that's really what an RPO is, except you can throw it instead of pitch it. So, long story short, and in fans, look, it's like I said, you got. It's like being a good doctor. It's all about patience, man. You guys have been patient since 1939. Before we touched down in Normandy, dog, it's been that long. You're telling me you can't wait another year? Y'all gave Jimbo half the money that Texas has. All right, so you obviously believe in it. You gave him full control. And I think next year is when it all comes together. 
Because there's always been a deficiency somewhere with A&M along this way. I think you will see the most balanced A&M team, the A&M team that plays the most complimentary football, which is what wins in 2023. Going back to that experience, you know, I think that's what some people aren't realizing about these last two seasons in college football is all these kids that are getting that extra COVID year and coming back. I mean, even for Appalachian State, they have the Clemson transfer, Chase Bryce, and all these different kids are coming back, another year of experience, another year in all these playbooks, and they've seen so many different things. Man, Sean Clifford started a quarterback since Joe Paul's second season coaching the Nittany Lions, man. Like, look, it just – Here's here's what's gonna happen. It's not, that's where people I think that's where fans get mixed up. That they love football then with basketball and baseball. Football is the ultimate team sport. In baseball, I can have Jacob Degrom, I can have Nolan Ryan, I can have some guy go four for four with a grand slam and a three run home run, and that one player can basically win me the game. In basketball, I can have LeBron, I can have Giannis, I can have Shaq, and one player can win me one game. In football, it does not work like that. One player cannot win you the game in football. The closest thing we've ever gotten was Cam Newton. But even with Cam, it wasn't just him. It was Darvin Adams. It was Lee Ziemba and Ryan Pugh and those guys up front. It was, you know, Michael Dyer and, and, and guys like that. So he had help. Football, you can't do it. Especially if you're asking an 18-year-old kid. All right, so you want six 18-year-old kids to come into the SEC and play against guys that are as old as BYU's players that have been in a college weight room for four, five, six, seven, hell, eight seasons – and you expect him just to come out and start balling? You'll have a couple that ball. you have a couple that make plays. But if you're counting on that, that, that's not a formula that wins. It's experience and talent. That's what wins. Speaking of, you know, football and the SEC, can Georgia really stay this dominant? I know they're, they're on a roll, destroyed Oregon. But, I mean, do you see any teams in the East to really give them some trouble? I know Tennessee's on a roll. That game will be a, be a good one for the SEC. Yeah, uh, you know, I, Tennessee's got to go to Athens. Look, it's going to be tough. I, I think Brock Bowers is the best player in college football. You know, look, Bryce is nice. Will Anderson's nice. A couple of the guys out there that are absolute Ferraris. Bijan's uh, a Lambo out there in Texas. But Brock Bowers, man, like, what can this guy not do? I mean, he sold 35 hot dogs at halftime in the Kent State game after after an 80-yard rush, you know, th- two touchdown catches. So, Yes, to answer your question, just look at their roster. But look how physically imposing they are, and, and they bought into the formula. They bought into the process that Kirby got from Nick, that Nick got from Bill, that Bill got from Bill or from earlier Bill. So, yes, I think Georgia's here to stay. I, I don't see it change anytime soon. Now, can anybody beat them? Yeah, yeah, they can beat Alabama's got good enough players. Ohio State's got good enough players. If DJ, you can keep playing like that for Clemson, I think Clemson has a shot. But over the course of time, you better get used to seeing Georgia looking like this because it's Kirby has built what Nick built in Tuscaloosa in Athens because he's the protege. He's he's Anakin, but he kept the high ground. Oh, I, I love all those kind of those. Those are the best. I definitely see what you mean about you got be yourself while you're doing all these. I love these. I love the little one liners. These are great. Yeah, well, th- th- this is how I talk. This is how I've always talked. I mean, this is how we communicate in our house, and we can communicate metaphors and, and uh, I was about to say allergies, Ew, analogies. But uh, yeah, man, no, it's um, keeps it fresh. You should see my brother. He's, he's <laughs> hilarious. Not I'm ready for the mustache to come back. And I'm a lot smarter and better looking than him. But other than that, you know. <laughs> so you uh, do you see anybody dethroning Alabama in the West? I know they've got Arkansas this weekend. 
But it, just the way the West is going, I don't see a whole lot of competition with them. Well, here's the thing. The worst thing that could happen to everybody in the SEC was Alabama to not play well at Texas and win. If you think Alabama's going to play like that again, uh, I got some beachfront property in Kansas. I can sell you for a price that'll blow your mind. Alabama's got good players. They're getting JoJo Earl back at wide receiver. Tyler Harrell's going to come back eventually. He's a vertical threat. We know who Jameer Gibbs is. And the offensive line, been kind of staticky the past two years, but they seem to figure it out as they go. Uh, I believe in that coaching staff. I believe in Nick Saban. I believe in Bryce Young when it matters. He's done nothing but, but give you reasons to believe in him in the clutch. I don't think in the West, uh, I think Georgia's the only team that's got I picked Alabama to go undefeated until they played the SEC championship game, and I picked Georgia to go undefeated until they played the SEC championship game. Uh, and I don't see that changing. My kind of underdog pick for this season was actually going to be Arkansas. That was the team that I kind of looked at based on the roster, based on what they were bringing back and back. And then looking at their schedule, that was a team that I thought could be interesting, could have a pretty good record, would have to upset a couple teams. And so I felt pretty good about it. So whenever the oink-doink happened, it was kind of a, a bittersweet yeah. feeling. So I was like, oh, thank goodness we won the game. But also that was kind of my pick. A little upset there, kind of well, yeah, that one wrong. Promotions, I mean, I don't mind that. It's, it's a high IQ play. Have you ever seen a quarterback jump from the five-yard line to – to try and get the touchdown? One, go back and watch Cam Newton in his only year at Auburn when they played South Carolina. He mm-hmm. ju- This is no joke. He jumped from the seven and landed halfway in the end zone. K.J. Jefferson. See, but he's he's Superman. Uh, I know. K.J. Jefferson's a lot of things, a lot of good things, but he ain't Cam Newton. Um, that was ballsy. <clears throat> and K.J.'s experience, he should know better. You know, there's a freshman – Going in there and, and make, you, you can, you can understand a little bit more. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he forgot where he was. Um, but I thought that play was just wild. What's funny during that play, I was screaming at the TV for the AM guy to pitch it. I was like, pitch the ball. Like we, not enough teams do that on defense. Like, dude, hand the ball off behind you and he'll go score. And I'm sitting there watching it. Uh, and, and he does it, and you know, I'm by myself in the living room, so nobody knows, but I'm like, thank you. I'm like, just thank you, finally, somebody. You see in the NFL a lot, guys in the NFL, they'll turn around and hand. Lineman gets a fumble, he's in the open field, DB's behind him, he's going to hand it to the DB and let him go run and score the touchdown. You get the assist, it's as good as points. It was a questionable decision. Arkansas secondary is so beat up. I mean, Catalan being out for the year is, is that was, they were thin on defense already. They were my pick to be the third best team in the SEC, and look, they still can, it's still early. Um, but it's really looking like you're going to start off 0-2 in the league. That, that's what it looks like. Uh, and, and you got out. A&M played cleaner than, than Arkansas did in the totality of that game. When you look at the big mistakes were made by Arkansas. I say this all the time. Most teams lose games. They don't win them. That was a great example of that. Florida State beating LSU. Great example of that. LSU beating Mississippi State. Even better example of that, Missouri doing what they did against Auburn. The best example of that. Uh, yeah, I don't see how you just fumble that at the goal line. That's just... Bro, I'm asking questions. I need to see text messages. I need to see emails. I need to see where were you at this time. Where, you know, it's, I'm asking a lot of questions. Harson gave Drink his first big job. I'm asking a lot of questions about what's going on. Because I've seen teams blow it, okay? Look, I'm Auburn fan. I've seen it. I've seen teams blow it, buddy. I've seen it blow it in multiple ways. I have never seen that. 
You miss a 26-yard field goal right down the pipe, and then, oh, boy, fumbles it through the end zone. Change hand. Not celebrating. Not dropping the ball before the goal line. You're getting a first down. Who in your left hand? What's the worst part? You get knocked out of the two? It just, you blew it. It's like Billy Madison, man, when he gets a kid to call Veronica Vaughn. It doesn't work out. You blew it. I can't. I, it's tough to come back from that, man. Like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, of mind trickery and Jedi mental gymnastics that could go on, but whoo, that was going to hurt for a while, bud. Right. And so we've talked about Alabama. We've talked about Georgia. Talked a little bit about Tennessee. Is there any other team that you even think has some sort of an outside shot to come out of nowhere and take the SEC, like a, maybe a Kentucky, if they can keep it rolling and, and keep doing what uh, they're doing? No, I, I think Kentucky's fool's gold. If you really watch Kentucky, you know, the, the games they played, they're not very explosive on offense. Uh, Will Levis is a good player, but I think Wondell Robinson covered up a lot of things last year that people don't realize. He was the fixer on third down. He was your home run threat. He could take a jet sweep to the house. He made everybody better around him because every, the defense was so focused on them. It looks – offensively, it looks hard for Kentucky. Kind of like it looks hard for A&M. Like it looks – you feel like you fight for every five yards. And when you're doing that, it's not free-flowing and looking easy. And you're moving the ball well in between the 20s, and, you know, making good play calls in the red zone. Uh, I don't think Kentucky can score enough points – you go to Knoxville, you're going to Oxford. I think Kentucky may get a little bit exposed this weekend, even though, guys, we really don't know that much about Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss is like one of the, you know, people on the dating show behind the wall that you can't see that said all the right things, has a good job. But you don't know, it could be Quasimodo back there, man. It could be the chick from Dodgeball uh, that, you know, nuclear power plant team won the championship five years running. So you don't know. Uh, we, we'll know about Ole Miss a little bit this weekend. Kentucky's good up front. That's where Mark Stoops has made the biggest adjustment. That's why they've had the success that they've had. And also, they're throwing forward passes now after they let Eddie Grant go. That was a big adjustment. Um, I've never seen a team run a triple option without running the triple option that much in my life. But, uh, no, nah, I, I don't think there's another team in the SEC that this really going to give a shot. Mississippi State is kind of sneaky. They're sneaky, but losing that first game against LSU, that's going to put them back. Uh, hell of a game against A&M this weekend. I do think they win that one. Um, but, uh, you know, I would, I would say if I had to pick one on the outside, of Tennessee and Georgia and Alabama. Man, I, I think I might say Mississippi State, to be honest with you. So we've talked, you know, SEC. So what are we thinking for, you know, the college football playoff? You've got, you know, Alabama and Georgia are most likely in it. Probably the winner of Ohio State and Michigan's in it. But then, you know, there's that four spot. You could get USC. Uh, I mean, who are some other teams that you're thinking that could sneak into that? Look, I, I hate to be, you know, I always say on the show, I'm, I'm always going to tell you what I think. You know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, all right, guys, hear me out. Vanderbilt makes the playoff, you know, or something like that. It's going to be Alabama. It's going to be Georgia. It's going to be Ohio State. And one of either Michigan or Clemson. I think Clemson getting past Wake. They get past NC State. I, I don't see Clemson losing a game. So I think you can go ahead and slide Clemson in there after this weekend, especially the way that Miami, that Miami looked. Uh, against Middle Tennessee State, Restrepo being out at wide receiver and some of the things they're going through down there as Mario tries to resurrect that program. Um, yeah, man, I, I think you got Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. Sorry, you know, I know it's the same movie, but, like, it's probably what's going to happen. So, you know, I mean, I can sit up here and make stuff up. You know, I can sit here and say, you know what? You know what? Oklahoma State, you know, or something like that. It's just not, that, that's not going to happen. 
I, I don't see a Big 12 team getting in this year again. I mean, your two front runners, Texas and Oklahoma, they lost, you know, first games in the Big 12. Oklahoma State and Baylor. Oklahoma State, you know, lost their D.C. So I don't think that defense is going to be as good as it was last year. I do think Aranda's got a good program at Baylor, but still. Yeah, no, I, I think you're going to get two SEC teams, an ACC team at Ohio State. One of your shows last week, we were, you were talking about how squirrels are the new Russian spies. Do you want to get into a little bit of that? Duh, you can't trust them. You can't trust them. It's, it's, it's like me and Blair talk. Why do they always watch? You know what I'm saying? I see animals all the time. Dogs, cats, birds. Squirrels just always watch. You know, from birds everywhere. the same way, though. Bird, birds well, and squirrels like, could, could be up there. Really tell, like, you're up there. I can't really tell if you're looking at me. A squirrel at ground level, I can see you, man. Holding that little nut with a microphone in it. You're telling everything to Putin in that you're seeing in the neighborhood and things like that. I don't trust them. I don't trust the problem is the squirrels on campus. Those squirrels will get really close to you and, you know, they they just kind of run around, but they will get as close as they can. They're really trying to hear. Yeah, look, they think you don't know, but look, we're starting a movement. We're going to figure it out. Once we expose it, once we expose it, y'all can think. There's some underground squirrel Russian network that's going on. You know, you would think the smart thing would be to put satellites in the sky to spy on people. That's not the smart thing. Get squirrels. Whoever thought that? Whoever thought? No, nobody thinks the squirrels in there listening, reporting back, got a microphone, wearing a wire that you can't see. I mean, you got brown squirrels. The ones up there that I saw in Montana, you had those mean black squirrels. I don't, like, you want to talk about scary. I I, I don't know, you know, what breed of, of, you know, Mordor animal that came from, but those things are scary as hell. But, dude, they're Russian spies. Like, why am I wrong? Why, why are they always watching? That's my question. Nobody's been able to answer no. Now, last, last thing before we let you go, we always ask our guests, you know, their Super Bowl prediction. So who, who do you have? Man, right now, dude, the Chargers are so beat up. I mean, everybody's hurt. I mean, Justin Herbert's got, you know, less ribs than Adam. Um, right now, Keenan Allen's out. He just lost Rashawn Slater. Joey Bosa messed up his groin. So, man, I'm not, I'm not believing the Chargers. Man, the AFC West in general, what's going on? The Raiders can't win it. The Chiefs just lost to the Colts. Who I mean, God, couldn't pass go a monopoly right now on offense. Um, and then you look at the Broncos; you want eleven to ten and not an extra innings. I mean, Russell needs to start being dangerous or figure it out. But I'd say right now, I, I, I tell you who I like. Uh, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, and, and the Bucks are so beat up uh, as well. But man, I'm looking around, and, and the Bills, obviously, with Josh. I know they just lost to the Dolphins, but I wouldn't read too much into that. I think there's a good chance. You can have Bills versus Packers. Yeah, I think that's a very good pick. Aaron Rodgers looks like another man on a mission once again. Like that, we we know what they got with Tanyan. Aaron Jones and AJ, AJ Dillon's a nice one-two punch. I know they don't have a ton of weapons of wide receiver. Randall Cobb's kind of having a little bit of resurgence. Hey, Cobb, Cobb's his safety blanket. They were together for so long. You bring really? him back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Randall's nice. Still, I mean, still looks fast. Still looks. You know, agile and stuff like that. I feel like he's been in the league forever. Uh, but yeah, I'll go Bills Packers right now. Aaron versus Josh. That's, That'd be a good one. That'd be a very good Super Bowl. Now, who do you have winning? Bills. The Bills. Look, the Bills kicked my ass. Months. Why couldn't they do it in the NFL? That's uh, that's you know, so far that is everyone's pick to win. <laughs> Smart pick. You got to ask me. But it's, it's yeah, you can't go wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I like to be right. Don't we all? 
Yeah. Well, Jake, Jake, we appreciate having you on. Uh, you guys can find him at Crane and Company on the Daily Wire on Spotify. You guys on any other platforms? YouTube. If it turns on electronically, we're probably on it. I'm not smart enough to know everything we're on. I mean, YouTube's probably the easiest. We go to dailywire.com, become a subscriber. See, I got that in. Y'all seen that? I like it. And even following Twitter, you've got all those great picks for, you know, every week. You have college football games and uh, NFL games. Get, make your best with them. Let's do it, man. I appreciate y'all having me on. Just let me know when y'all need me. Oh, yes, sir. Thanks again. Have a good day. Appreciate hey, y'all. Hey, stay warm out there, Seth. Stay warm, bro. We'll do my best. Yeah. <laughs> best of luck to that. We'll holler y'all. If you guys want more of Jake, you can find him on Twitter at Jake Crane underscore or at Crane Company on Twitter. They got a great podcast. We're excited to have him on. We appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great day, guys. Yeah.